Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us. 30 Minutes with Spyglass Lending. We have an incredible guest today, an awesome, amazing guest. We really appreciate her being here. She is the Executive Director of Entertainment at Condé Nast. She is also a podcaster herself. She's got one coming up we're going to talk about. It's called Cool, Cool, Cool that she's launching shortly. She is a world traveler. She is a fellow Angelino, and more importantly, she's a fellow tennis aficionado, and I think we should start there. Welcome to the podcast, Liz Cully. Thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. How fun is this? Yeah, this is awesome. I have right? my my headphones in just so I don't mess with your audio. I want everything to be as perfect as possible, Aaron. Looks great, sounds great. We appreciate it greatly. Let's talk tennis. I mean, we got to get right into it because I'm nothing but je- I don't even like going on your Instagram because I'm just jealous of where you've been, what you do. Where was the last one you were at? I mean, the big event. And who just oh, big that? event. I was going to say, well, I played tennis last night. Um, I was at Indian Wells, which was super fun. Um, I was there for the finals and that was really great tennis to watch. And uh, it was my wife's birthday. So it was a nice treat for her. And um, yeah, it was super. The weather was perfect. Like it was we were in tennis paradise. Yeah, well, so the, the weather's always perfect and everybody looks great and everyone's tan. Happy birthday to your wife, by the way. <laughs> I'll tell her. <laughs> and uh, you, so you were there for the finals, which, of mm-hmm. course, is always incredible. And uh, yeah, who, 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 who'd you see? I mean, well, I saw Alcazar and Rafa, which was like master and student playing each other. I mean, it was so it was so great. I How's mean, this guy still doing it, by the way? He's like 65 years old. No, he's he 37. Amazing. He's 37. I'm 43 and field 73, so I don't know. Yeah, because you have a hundred children, (laughs) which which is why he. So this is interesting. Um, You know, I love doing like a deep dive on anyone, really, no matter if it's tennis or otherwise. But um, while we were watching, and uh, you know, I was kind of like googling, and I'm like, God, how old? Same kind of question as you. Like, how old is Rafa? Like, how long has he been doing this? He's 37 years old. He got married um, in the quarantine or during quarantine to his long, long, long time love. And he said that he won't have children until he retires because he wants to, fo- he can't focus on both. And you having just keep popping them out. Keep I think out, he, right. If I you have you three, you have, agree. like you said, you have a hundred. Although Federer does it. I think, what does he have? He has four kids, right? And he travels around the world. Yeah, but I think Roth is a different kind of guy. Yeah, but it was totally fun. You know, it was it was fun tennis to watch. Um, you know, it was just great. Iga, like crushing it. You know what I mean? Just taking the whole thing. That was really fun because I had actually been there previously in the week. This It was a wild week. I was there, drove back to L.A., and then drove back for the finals weekend because I was throwing an event uh, earlier on the week. So it was a big tennis week. And um, it was great because I saw Maria play. And I'm trying to think now who was she was playing, but the other person got hurt. That's the fun thing about tennis is it's like, it really is luck of the draw, you know? Anyway, but we could talk about tennis forever, but it was definitely fun. We're going to talk about a little bit more because I want to hear how often you get to play. You said you played last night. How often do you at least get out on the court? And let me feel great about it because with three young children, I don't know, I I get out there once a quarter. Okay, so here's the fun part is that I'm actually pretty bad at tennis. So I played as a kid, but, you know, my friend group is very (laughs) tennis focused. um, And I 
I advise and I, I sit on a board of an incredible tennis magazine, which I have to plug called racket, which I, mm-hmm. if you don't subscribe, I highly recommend. Um, and so my wife and I have been taking lessons and we, we play about two to three times a week and I'm still pretty bad. Lessons at all? Or is it just you two going no, out it's there? It's like all lessons. Around? Oh yeah. So, so you're out there like getting run around by somebody. Yeah. Last night I had a lesson tomorrow morning. I have a lesson. We do go to Burbank and hit the ball machine, you know, Yeah. slinger right. sponsor me. <laughs> I love it. So you are on the board of, of Ragged. And and as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, you're launching yet another one. Although you are currently the co-host of two, right? Well, yes. Yeah. So I had a, a podcast. Um, a, I was a co-host on a podcast called Scissoring Isn't a Thing, which was an LGBTQ plus entertainment podcast produced by Embassy Row, who does like Watch What Happens Live. And it was very integrated into the Bravo world. Um, my co-host what is. Andy Cohen's longtime assistant. So we had a lot of Bravo Lebs on and that ended. We're totally fine. And there's no podcast drama. It just, just, you know, we did it two and a half years. And, you know, uh, Darren, my previous co-host is really focused on true crime stuff. That's really her passion. And I'm a little bit more all over the board. So um, I, that I was a co-host on. And then it's a very long story that we don't have time for you. So you'll have to have me on again. But I reconnected with a childhood friend who is like major in radio. We, because Facebook, Instagram didn't exist when I was in high school, we lost touch and then came back together. Her name's Taylor Strecker. She was the original um, Sirius XM host of Cosmopolitan Radio. She was like right across the hall from Howard. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a co-host every Tuesday on her show now. Uh, so yeah. And then cool, cool, cool. My new podcast, which is God knows what that's going to be about is coming out in June. So I have a lot going on. I don't have kids. You don't have kids. You get right. You can do anything you want, I guess, including all of those podcasts. Uh, but you mentioned you're not sure yet what it's going to be about, but I got to assume there's some idea, right? I mean, it's a hell of a title. I love the title. Well, thank you. Um, It's something that I say quite often. So, you know, it's going to be really reflective of of what I like um, and my life. And, um, you know, I'll definitely continue to um, highlight and uplift, you know, queer, LGBTQIA plus um, and basically not white people uh, interviews. Cause that's something I've always been very passionate about and something that I love to do, but, um, it'll definitely be pop culture, fun stuff. I'm, I'm doing a whole deep dive, uh, episode on Tupac. I love Tupac, like literally love Tupac. Well, I, mean, you, I mean, you're, you're guaranteed to be turned on 93.5 at any time of day to hear a Tupac song, every third, possibly the fourth song that's on there. Or you could just skip K-Day and go straight to Spotify like I did. Let's just go. I, look, literally, I just opened up Spotify. All eyes on me. All there eyes on me. However, I'm really into um, the hearts of men. Highly okay. recommend. 10 out of 10. Been really rotating it back these days. In fact, my wife and I walked down the aisle to Tupac. Yes. That like, is I'm not awful. kidding around. This is not like a fair weather fan. Was this you demanding that you're doing that? Or was she like, I'm doing this for you because I love you? I think she was just like, this is so you. I mean, my 30th birthday, she got me an entire cake from Cake and Art in Los Angeles of an entire bust of Tupac. 
Oh, that's so cool. It that's was awesome. sick. It was sick. You should probably marry her all over again. Probably. No. <laughs> no I can't. I can't afford it. Right. <laughs> Which we're going to talk about real estate in Los Angeles and, and save some of that for that, obviously. But uh, when do we lose? It was 96, right? It's been that many years since he's been yeah. gone and still he touches us all. So that, that is great. I, I just it. inquired how much it would be to have the hologram at my now 40th birthday. Like they did at Coachella? Is that what it was, right? If I were, yeah. yeah. I know the dude who did it, like whose company it is. And let's I hear the, Let's hear the number. What, I what, don't know what, yet. I just no. hit him up. Like, if we were to take a guess, what do you think it costs just to see like him for five minutes? I think, well, first of all, if I'm bringing, I just want full concert. I actually, you know what I would do is I would have them reenact because there's video and audio of um, House of Blues concert, a la 1995, I believe it was, right yeah. up there on Sunset before yeah. they got rid of it. And I would want the entire thing redone again. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking like AV. I'm thinking at minimum 50. Right. And worth Maybe that's penny, hard cost. Every penny. And great plug for the House of Blues. I missed that place. A lot of good nights there. I don't know why they ever got rid Yeah, of though I definitely went there and there was um, a shooting the last time mm. I went. Okay, uh, DJ Mustard, YG. Yeah, used to live right underneath it. I've had a lot of times. I've, I, sh I shot a mini documentary with Mac Miller there, Neo. Um, yeah, I used to shoot when I worked in production, I used to, I shot a lot there. I, and almost got shot. It was what a time. And what part of town are you in now? I live right by the Grove. So, um, you know, I just will never buy a home because I, uh, forget to go to the grocery store and go to Erewhon at least once a week. And, uh, yeah, spend my afternoons at Tironi drinking, uh, things that aren't on the happy hour because I just refuse to save money, apparently. Right. And both of those places will definitely put a dent in your down payment. Uh, but have you been looking? Have you been out there actually trying yes. to home? Okay. And yes. how long have you been out? How long have you been in the marketplace looking? Let's talk. Well, about I think it's, you know, in full transparency, I think there's a lot of pressure, um, especially from the good old boomers who didn't really have to worry about 2008 and I just feel like I'm in this like I'm in in the ocean and I'm just constantly trying to get back to the sand and I just keep getting like hit in the back by these you're just, waves like everybody else you're just watching this insane equity I like to say like what the last five years were ludicrous enough but the last six months we have truly left planet earth and what the valuations are on this well and know, listen all, all across so town it, truly. And, you know, I'm born and raised um, from Marin County in San Francisco. My yeah. father is a very well-renowned uh, structural engineer, um, worked on a lot of really famous private homes, but then also a lot of large, um, you know, buildings like, well, I don't know what they call it now, but it was called Pac Bell Park. I don't mm -hmm. care. Isn't it like Oracle Park now? Like, ugh, miss me with that. Um, Who cares about the Giants? We're all Dodger fans here. Whoa, no. Nope. Okay, my bad. No, nope. you're right. You're right. Sure I should know. Ain't. I'll look it up for you. I promise. Sure ain't. Um, so you know, Ghirardelli Square, like my, you know, I grew up like working in my dad's office with architects and engineers every summer. My godfather was an architect. Like I would go with my dad on um inspections, which let's just pause. The fact that people are not getting it skipping inspections and buying homes is the silliest thing I've 
there is no way the daughter of a structural engineer would ever do that ever. Like that's stupid. If anyone is listening to me right this minute, you cannot skip the inspection, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Especially in Los Angeles, if you're looking in Laurel Canyon for the schools or like, what? Anyway, that and, is- and, and we should we should tell everybody who's listening and just add on to it, not just and you're probably just talking about a general inspection, like at least just take a look at like the simple things in the house, let alone a chimney, the foundation, uh, you know, the sewer inspection, the list goes on and on as to, as to what and a lot of people still do. But to your point, yeah, not only are they skipping inspections, they're skipping looking at the house entirely. That's so a dumb thing now. It's That's a honestly, thing. Yeah. it's ridiculous. And I think, you know, again, so I kind of have have all of this in my brain. And I was growing up thinking like Marin County was so expensive. And like, yeah. I would never be able to live there. And, you know, and then the pandemic happens. I've been in Los Angeles for 10 years. Um, and, you know, I really do work in, as you kind of laid out, thank, thank you. Um, I really work in entertainment and I, and I always wanted to. And I, you know, tech to me is not my vibe. Um, I unfortunately have to work in tech because entertainment is tech now, but like, I'm cool. I grew up in San Francisco. I don't need to particularly work in tech. I might at one point in my life, but right now I'm not interested in it. So moving on. This is definitely an episode. You just mentioned cool. This is cool, 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 by the way, because it's like, you could definitely make an entire episode on the idea that entertainment is tech. There you go. Tupac, then episode number two. I'm telling you, just like have me back. Um, But, um, you know, I always thought, you know, gosh, Bay Area, Marin County is so crazy. I'd lived in New York. Oh, so crazy. Then the pandemic happens and every fool, you know, Tweedledum and Tweedle, I'm not allowed to curse on this, but you can fill in the rest, moves to LA. So then I'm like, okay, so I've got my good job. I've worked in tech. I've worked at startups. They never matched 401ks. Like I dealt with 2008. I dealt with it. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm like trying as an adult. I don't have an inheritance. I don't have parents that are giving me money. I have a friend who's a real estate agent. He always does polls on his Instagram. Like, how are you buying your house? All these fools talking about crypto, which we can talk about. And their mom and dad's giving them a down payment. And I've watched it. I've watched a lot of people that I know their parents are have the opportunity to gift them a couple hundred thousand. And that like seriously makes the difference, right? So I'm just doing my thing, stacking my chips, but obviously still need to like get my hair done, my nails done, like travel. Like I'm not going to ruin my life to buy a house, right? Like get out of here. Not having a hundred kids. I hope you get to expense and write off some of that stuff. But to your point, by the way, not only is it parents giving the hundreds of thousands in down payment, but you're up against nearly 25% of the market being cash buyers. How about that? Forget just that down payment. How about everybody I allegedly sold drugs. I thought I had cash too, but apparently I don't. Where's everyone getting the cash? Where's everybody getting somewhere between one to $5 million to purchase these single family and condos in and around Los Angeles? That is a great question. That's Where a is great... all that money coming from? You mentioned crypto. I guess some of it's certainly coming from there, although it's taken a hit in the last year. Uh, but maybe some of those made their fortunes in, in the end of 19, 20, and a little bit in 21, if they were smart, got out. But yeah, where where is all that money coming from, right? Like, a lot of it foreign national money. A lot has of to it, be international. Has a lot of it doctor, lawyer money, certainly. A lot of it just, you know, brought people stateside, but brought in from overseas. But 25%, that's a huge number to be up against cash buyers. It, it's just, it's egregious. It's like, yeah. it doesn't even, you know, so anyway, so here I am just 
living my life, stacking some chi- chips. Trying, prefer, I'm also a woman, I'm also yeah. a queer woman. So you know I, I'm not getting paid jack all compared yep. to all the rest of the dudes out here. And then the pandemic happens. And I'm like, wait, what? Huh? I hate, we move into this apartment, which I had done, you know, while my wife had changed careers, we had stayed in this tiny little apartment that I had underneath uh, the standard hotel, RIP, um, and thought we were being really smart. Like I didn't have a big wedding. I didn't yeah. overspend. I, I had a, like a cocktail party. You know what I mean? I didn't, we haven't even taken our honeymoon yet. That was years ago. Like we didn't do the crazy things, right? I don't drive a Porsche. Like, come on. And then all of a sudden everybody moves here and it's worse than the Bay Area. Like it actually makes more. I see lovelier homes in Marin and the Berkeley Hills than the shit boxes. Oh, sorry, bleep me out. You don't have to. We'll we'll let one of those slide through. Sorry. You don't also have to like tick the box on Anchor. Like nobody cares. So unless you're like Joe Rogan. Do you know what I mean? He shouldn't even be on air. But everything is insane. I'm like looking around. What am I? So I start to look as we all got pressured in the pandemic. We live in this apartment, which I like, but we really had the plan when we got married. Like, okay, we're going to be in this apartment because we don't want to, you know, be on top of each other over in West Hollywood. We'll be in this apartment for two years. We'll travel. We can totally afford this place. It's definitely not above our, you know what I mean? We're being responsible and we'll move, um, in two years. Well, guess what? Two years has gone by and now we can't move anywhere because everything is a wreck. I looked at a place this weekend in Laurel Canyon because I do want to have a kid. Schools in LA are trash. Don't particularly understand where my taxes are going given the fact that I like legitimately just got an, yet another pop Garcetti, tire. this? Where are Liz Cully's taxes going? Isn't Garcetti like the ambassador of Thailand? It, oh, did he? Is he gone already? Do we have somebody new already? I don't know. Rick Caruso is really on my. That's tail. it. They're right. That's damn. That's that fool's call. That You're fool right. has got my telephone number. Let me. I'm like hitting stop on the text messages. They don't care. Somebody else is like Rick Caruso. He wants your vote anyway. So we look. At, we're looking in Laurel Canyon, Studio City, where I think a lot of people who don't necessarily have means to like think about a public school or a private school rather, and are have kids on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Just everything is a dump. Like I looked at a place this weekend. They lie. They lie. They say two bedroom, two bathroom. It is not two. Do you know the place I'm talking about? I don't. Please elaborate. It is apparently was owned by some guy from the doors, which like don't care. Not a selling point to me. In fact, I'm like, how many creepy things happen up in this spot? What was Robbie Krieger doing in that bathroom in 72? Yeah, like I'm straight off that. Like, no thanks. It's an older house, which we like. We love Los Angeles, you know, for the Spanish mid-century. Like, we love that. That's what mm-hmm. our dream is, you know? Yeah. It, they claim to be two-bedroom, two-bathroom. But let me tell you what it actually is. It is one creepy bedroom with one and a half baths. There is absolutely no second bedroom. That is a room that is a den that is between a kitchen and a very small living room that has no doors and two archways. So how is that considered a bedroom? Closet? Is there, was there a closet in there or no? No. Yeah. Then they're lying. Then you've got 
a kitchen that doesn't make sense, no dining room. The outside looks like there was potentially like seances and exorcisms with like sticks and leaves back there. Like you said, the doors, it's part of the charm for some people. And no parking. 1.175. It's a dump. I was about to say, lay on the punchline with this. 1.175 million. What was the square footage? 1250. Yeah. So about a thousand a square foot is what we're talking about. And would you, and you know, look, I've been in Los Angeles 21 years. You said 10 to think about what a thousand a square foot was for so long was like, when do I get to move on up to the bird streets? Right. Or what part of Bel Air is that going to be someday when we make it a thousand a square foot is everywhere now, everywhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what part of town you go into. And it's like you said, where you're talking about on a tiny little house. I can only assume the lot. I don't even know the lot size of what we're talking about here, but unless you can tear that down and build up something massive on a much larger lot, what are you really paying for, right? And it doesn't even matter what the listing price is because I'll go back and look and it's like three, $400,000 over. And that just, it, it's not, it doesn't make sense. It creates this environment of obviously there's scarcity obviously you know there is a lot of i think fear i think when people do things from a place of fear like the outcome is never great right like anytime i've ever done anything out of fomo or fear crypto perfect example like mm-hmm. what a stupid mistake it's like nfts really you're gonna buy an nft right now that potentially could be uncool in eight months like Wait, Get we should we should hit on that for one second. Today, I don't know if you saw, someone bought the very first tweet ever made for three million dollars. The first tried ever to sell what? it for three million dollars. They no, bought the NFT. They of the, the very first tweet that was ever sent out, an NFT of the of the first tweet, three million dollars. They then tried to auction it off for forty eight million dollars. Do you know what the highest bid was? What's your guess? Well, I'd like to know who tweeted it and who was the what was the tweet. I forget who was I forget who it was originally. Was it Jack Dorsey? It might have been Dorsey who put it. I mean, it would only make sense if it was him or or Ev, what was I forget Evan McPherson maybe his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here I'll. Hit I don't you. know. One hundred and fifty thousand. Seven grand. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Worth the laughter. Well, no, and you know it's so I I took a. Uh, like I attended a seminar last week on NFTs just because I was curious. I'm like, let me see what these chuckleheads are talking about. Yeah. And it it's so it, it's so fair weather. It's so ridiculous. Like it's completely based on FOMO and fear. And that's just completely that's ridiculous to me. It's like people going and buying real estate in the metaverse. Yeah, And yet you don't own a home in real life. That is silly talk. That is dumb, diddy, dumb, dumb stuff. I have allegedly taken plenty of hallucinogenics in my life and can go to the metaverse for free Yeah, and keep my coins. And you're, you're, you're hitting on such an incredible vein. It, it's really what has happened in the market. It's fear. You're, you're, you're saying it just like it is and appreciate you, you broadcasting that because that's ultimately what is driving it. Yes, to your point, scarcity in... The inventory that's out there right and you know now the or for at least for a long time the money was basically free sub three percent the banks were giving it away that's since doubled at this point or close to what the interest rates are you got more people priced out of the market uh what do you think i mean you're the consumer where do you see this going <laughs> 
don't when this know. hits audio, by the way, I just want everyone to know that was a big eye roll. So, oh, I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that, you know, I think, you know, I, I'm not going to, I don't feel comfortable buying things overpriced. I never do. I like love me a real, real moment. Let me haggle on a price. Like, let me get something used secondhand, like straight up. Because I don't, like, I actually, the only thing that I ever did right was I traded my car in early when everyone was panicked and we all thought we were going to like, you know, never make it out and no one was going to drive anywhere. But I got a great lease on my car. Oh, hallelujah. Um, I think that things will start, I think that it will become more increasingly more difficult I think what's going to happen is exactly what happened with that tweet. I think people are going to buy everything at overpriced and they're going to hold on to it and think they're going to flip it. And I think that's going to start to dwindle is what I'm hoping. I think, do I think I'm screwed? And I'm, I think, do I think the economy is going to completely fall from underneath us? I hope it doesn't because I don't want that to ha I don't want that to affect a lot of, you know, myself or anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I, you know, if we look at history, things tend to correct themselves at some point. Um, but I just don't feel comfortable buying a shanty house on a hill in Laurel Canyon without an inspection, knowing that we have like mudslides, knowing that there are fires, knowing that like, you know what I mean? That I have to put like another 500 into it it just doesn't make sense. Like, I guess I'll just stay put or, you know, the other thing I've been thinking is like, is there, is the, am I, am I needing to readjust the game that I'm in? If uh, I'm not winning go. at this, if I'm not winning at this game, mm -hmm. what's the next game that I can make? What do you or, say? Or excuse me, or that I can play in and, and potentially at least win a bronze. Like You're saying in real estate. Yeah. Like, what do, you, what do you see? What are you looking at? Well, I think, you know, I do see it. I see multi-unit. I think you and I kind of talked about this before, like multi-unit opportunities being um, less desired in the marketplace. So there tends to be more wiggle room. I just like really don't like neighbors. That's my issue because I have a bunch of chuckleheads to the side of me and a bunch of chuckleheads to the bottom of me and another chuckleheads on the other side of me. And Anyone I can't, you like around you? Not a single yeah, person. I, I actually will go on record and say all of my neighbors are nightmares. And that concerns me. Yeah. Even though I would... multi, you're saying to move into multi-unit because to your point, you know, obviously if you own a single family or even, you know, I, a not shared wall townhome, you know, and you have your own plot of land, there is that privacy, there is that dream. But if you're going multi-unit, yeah, you're going to end up with neighbors or worse, you're going to be the landlord. Now, and not only are you dealing with the neighbors, but hey, you got to collect that rent every month to make sure they're covering your mortgage. I know, which is like scary, if I'm being mm -hmm. honest, because um, I have a lot going on, you know? Also, I just really want a backyard. I'm, I love to cook. I love to host. Like, I just want to have part like Passover, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving. I also potentially might be a control freak. So I just want it to be here, you know? Sure. So that's, that's a game that could be interesting. Or is it like, do I get some sort of investment property that I don't live in at all that 
I can then have more money to rent something that is better than this. Right, so you're saying get the investment property, use that cash flow to just up your your own personal rent bill game. Yeah. I don't know. Is and that you're in entertainment, so I mean, you're in and you're living in WeHo. I mean, the heart essentially of Los Angeles. So how far outside of LA or you know LA basic would you be willing to go, if at all? To that's to go the problem. Something? Yeah. Because then it's like I look at at Long Beach and I'm like, okay, I grew up in the Bay, love love the beach, and then I'm like, wait a minute, hold the phone here. These schools are trash. We're yeah. sort of in the hood and we're far away from LA. I'd rather live in West Adams or something. And I don't know, like it just, none of it makes any sense. Like, what am I gonna do? Spend a hundred, because school costs so much. I went to Catholic school and it was like eight grand. And my parents thought that was insane. Now it's like 40. Yeah. I mean, by the way, that's just, that could just but be for hold on forty thousand dollars to educate a generation that doesn't actually want to work and nope. be a part of the workforce and wants to make TikToks for a living. Oh, cool, we can do, cool, we cool. Can do an, 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 a whole new thirty minutes on just that. And I agree with you. I mean, it, it makes it tough, and it starts with preschool and the cost of that, which is you know outlandish. You land in a good part of Los Angeles if you're lucky to at least handle you know get those elementary schools that you're talking about that everybody covets but sure when you get to middle and when you get to uh high school the concern to your point you know LAUSD just not really <laughs> cutting the mustard so to speak uh and you're a lot of people pay for private school yeah dude I don't know what to tell you this is a wreck I, like even talking about this gives me massive anxiety did we solve anything today no yeah so but we got the vent. Tell, you tell me. You tell me. What am I? What would you tell me to do? Yeah, I'd wait. I mean, at this point, that's I, I hate to say it, but I think it. You know, if, if if that's obviously how you're feeling, and to your point, and such a great point about it, you know, you you're seeing the fear of surround you and around you. You know, it, it's like who wants to be part of that movement if you don't have to be, right? Um, you know, yes, house hacking, yes, buying a multi-unit is enticing and exciting, but you do have to feel like. That's what I should be doing. I want to live in that unit, that one unit myself. I do want to be a landlord. I do want to create that equity. Um, otherwise, it's like, and if you don't have, if you don't have that or have that passion to do it, yeah, it's not really a starter home anymore because a lot of people were starting in that place and use that as a jumping off point to then go get their single family residence. It just seems more and more like a pipe dream that that's ever going to happen. You'll end up stuck there for a long time. Well, I know, and I think that's. I mean, the only thing that's scary for me is that I have like pressure now to start a family. Yeah. And what I don't want to have happen is I'm like, okay, so we have a baby. I'm literally our second bedroom is my wife's office because, you know, with the pandemic, she wasn't seeing clients in person, right? Thursday happens to be her day off. So I slid in here, but I live, breathe, record at my dining room table, mm -hmm. which by the way, my neighbor's likely don't like me and that's fine because i'm screaming talking to people like you all day on you know what i mean or my clients on zoom right so or whatever fun app we're on so what i'm scared about is like we have a baby here or god forbid i get pregnant with twins mm, yep seen it seen it firsthand go on yes and then i'm in this place what one bathroom two Babies, maybe, and a wife here. I don't know. I don't know. I, so I felt like this pressure and fear 
to get a house first and then have a baby because I think that's what's been sort of ingrained in us, regardless if you're a man or a woman or identify as whatever, um, is sort of the natural progressions and the steps. Like make sure you've got your shelter locked and loaded so that you can like, you know, breed and and cultivate new life. But I, I think a lot of people are having to do it in different ways. And I just don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, yeah, like this is probably speaking that I have therapy in two hours, but like, maybe I might miss it. Like I might skip it and just well, build I, you. I, hopefully some of this was done, you know, over the 30 minutes here, a little work was done, a little venting and we appreciate your perspective on it. And unfortunately we have run against the time. I'm sure we can continue oh. going, but our, our 30 minutes is up. Okay. Uh, but can't tell you how much appreciate your perspective and, and telling it like it is. Liz Cully joined us today to tell us like it is here in Los Angeles. We need more Liz Cully's out there telling us. I don't us think exactly. you do, but we do. We we absolutely do. I'd love to have you back and appreciate very much your perspective. So thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I, I guess the last parting words, wish you luck. <laughs> I wish all of us Thanks, luck. Aaron. This has yeah. been a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it.